Thank you for joining us for Be Our Geek, your pop culture news through our geek lens. I'm Ms. Shannon here with my good friend, Jayton Satia, as always. What's going on, Jayton? Hey, hey, it's the middle of the festival. That's what's going on. Yes, and normally we are broadcasting from the Twin Cities Film Fest, uh, the Twin Cities Film Fest studio, but instead we are now broadcasting from the Twin Cities Film Fest itself. What are we on? Well, as we broadcast today, we're on day... This is day six. Day so six. Th- this will be the halfway mark. Okay, and you look like you're holding up very well. I feel like your wife has been uh, uh, prodding you to occasionally sleep, get some rest, do something other than just smoke and drink coffee. Yes, all, okay. of, all of that. <laughs> um, I'm actually hanging up pretty... I mean, it's good, right? You get into the rhythm of it the first few days. You're just kind of making sure everything is clicking, and then you start trusting your uh, awesome people who have just joined you. You trust them a little bit more, and you right. kind of hands off a little bit, and you then... Work on mini fires that are happening. I mean, that is normal day to day. Just any work, just any work situation. But um, it's just intensified in the eleven days. They were working twenty hours a day. Right. Um, so do I get my four hours of sleep? I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You're happy. I'm happy. Well, and it's good. It's, it's fun. The other thing that's interesting about this because you're in year nine of the Twin Cities Film Fest, and this year you uh, have some really cool partnerships because I know that you were partnering with the North Star Science Film Festival. Yes, we partnered with them. We had four films that we partnered with them on, and uh, hope to. Uh, generate more excitement about science, and then uh, obviously through the lens of film, get the get the word out about science more and more. So hopefully that that, that partnership will expand into something uh, bigger and better. Next year, we also have uh, an awesome partnership with the Twin Cities Jewish Film Festival. Right. Um, we have 10 films, and the first three films that, that we've shown have already sold out. Wow. So, which is a great partnership in the community. It's the conversation. It's a civil discourse. It's, the, you know, everybody's living amongst each other. There's no reason why we can't share um, cultures with, what, through medium of film. So that's been a wonderful partnership. And this week, the later half of the festival, we're actually launching our tech series. Yes. So it's all about technology and the impact that it's making on us as, uh, as a community as well as how, how we're going to ideally use technology to better our lives. So right. we have three amazing films. One of them is called Big Dream. It's all about young girls, seven young girls from all across the world and how they have this big dream on making a deep impact into technology. Right. So we're asking like anybody who knows, any girls who are interested in STEM to come out and uh, it, th- if you can't afford it, I'll take care of you. Th- I just want people sitting there and enjoying the film. And the other thing that's really awesome, what people may not realize about putting together a film fest as big as the Twin Cities Film Fest is, it's not just, okay, we have the theater and we show the film. There are lots of people that are involved in it. I know that the North Star Science Film Festival had panels that included um, scientists and physicists and, and local people who were very in tune with the films that they were showing and could kind of take something that might sound like a, a timey-wimey doc who script, but actually talk about it from a, physiretic, a, phys- uh, 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 a theoretical physicist standpoint. Or um, we'll have people that are coming in from the directors to the actors to all kinds of people that are here as well. And you're managing all of these different people and wrangling them, right? Yeah, all of that is happening at the same time that, you know, we're out of liquor. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, go get more cases of beers. You know, we're out of cleaning supplies. Like where's all the of, ice? Where's the, no, li- <laughs> yes, things I know. like that. And one of the coolest comments that um, we get on a regular basis is filmmakers who have been into Sundance and Tribeca on those major giant film festivals, and they come to us and say, oh, my goodness. I didn't, uh, you know, 
what people don't know, people don't know. When right. they think about the Twin Cities, they have some perceived values and perceived perceptions of what the Twin Cities and what the Twin Cities from Fuzz would be. They come in and they say, you guys are much bigger right. than we thought. However, you're more intimate than those giant festivals. Right. That's a perfect compliment for me. We're right in that middle, that sweet spot. Uh, we're going to get you everything. We're going to get you the hospitality. We're going to take care of you from the moment you land to the moment you leave. But we're also going to be s- just genuinely nice to see you. You're not just a number that is coming through and we're cranking away. Our undivided attention is to you, and that goes beyond film. It actually goes towards um, educational components that you just talked about. We have our, we had our free youth day over the weekend. Yes. We had 300 youth between the ages of 8 and 18 get their first glimpse into filmmaking. So Boys and Girls Club brought up like 50 kids, which is like awesome. So yes, it's much more than just films. It's everything around that as well. And then you do the Hollywood-style things. There's been a lounge and a party that's going on every night where people can kind of get together and, and not just have a cocktail, but actually, like, mingle. Like, I had the opportunity after I did some things for you to go and talk to some of the filmmakers that had done some of the, the short films as well because there's a variety of different films that are here. There's comedies, there's dramas, there's horror films, there's all kinds of things that are going on. And so to see all these different uh, filmmakers all in one place is really amazing. It is amazing, and it's uh, you know we get the we get the independent filmmakers who are, who are just local or or uh, national, and we actually have a gentleman who's who had a, a short film called Two Black Coffees. Um, we we're screening it I think today, and uh, he is from uh, England, and he flew in the first day of the festival, and he's got a short film, you guys, not right. like a feature film, uh, but a short film. He was super excited about being uh, accepted into our festival. He flew in, and he's going to stay the entire eleven days. Oh, that's awesome. His name is Michael Driscoll. He is an awesome cat. But this is where, when when you meet artists, then they appreciate you, and you appreciate their art. You have to do more than just show their film. So you said we had our lounge. We actually have Can Can Wonderland sponsoring our lounge. Yes. And they ha- they brought in 30 old school video games like pinball machines. And I and saw that there's even like their little gitchy putt-putt golf set up over there, th- which there is, is really fun. There is putt-putt golf. There's Plinko. <laughs> and we found out that um, all of those games, like pinball machines and all those games, have actually been in movies. Wow. Yeah, which was like a pleasant surprise I'm like what are you talking about so yeah. they're bringing little placards right <laughs> next to each of the games like this was in Back to the Future this was in Batman this <laughs> so that I mean so it's a lot more than just film mm-hmm. and we did mention that you do have a number of the actors that are in as well uh, I was uh, a ki- uh, you uh, brought by John Heater who is yeah. in uh, When Jeff Tries to Save the World correct we know him uh, from Napoleon Dynamite and I know from some of the press that he did in town he is quite tired of talking about Napoleon Dynamite um, so you know <laughs> I actually enjoyed his uh, acting in Blades of Glory. Yes, well done, well done. You I'm know, sure he's like, like, can somebody bring that up? Yeah, somebody br- I was with Will Ferrell. Come on, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so he was really fun. I saw that you guys kind of tooled around the Twin Cities with him and the director of that film as well. And she Kendall was amazing. Kendall was great. Yeah, She's 23 years old. And, and just so just, just genuinely just, uh, just awesome to see her glow about this film that she's like, my writing partner and I just had this idea and we put it together and we can't believe that we're showcasing at as many festivals as we're doing. She was amazing. They already have distribution, which is great. Like uh, That's one of the key components of it, uh, of going to a festival, is you get to talk to these filmmakers. And some are looking for distribution. Some really don't care because it's a short film, and, and that's, just stepping, that's just a stepping stone. But some really already have distribution, and they're just making the festival circuit run to promote their film. So when it comes out on distribution, people can talk about it and say, hey, we saw it. 
I recommend it. You know, rate them on iTunes and whatnot. So um, Kendall was great. John was great. We actually have uh, a couple of, um, I would say, badass celebrities coming today. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we have Mr. Tom Arnold uh, and David Arquette. Both of them will be here uh, at the festival today for a film called Saving Flora, which is a very it's p- part of our Changemaker series, our cause series for animal humanity. And it's a family-friendly film. Right. And I think we just opened up a second screening of it later uh, earlier today. Um, so it's at 8.30 p.m. screening that we just opened up. Which is perfect. If you want to find more about what's going on here at the Twin Cities Film Fest, you can go to TwinCitiesFilmFest.org. And I'm very excited that you mentioned our good friend Tom Arnold because that brings us to the next segment, which is going to be our guest geek, as we have every episode here on BR Geek. And this guest geek is going to be Tom Arnold. I'm very excited what? to see what he you has to say. say yes? yes. I'm very excited that he's going to come and talk to us about Saving Flora. Of course, we need to ask him about what he's geeking out about right now. I what Tom Arnold geeks out of I feel like I think he's a little bit of a, we'll call him a conspiracy theorist, which we don't have a conspiracy theorist geek, geek. on the uh, podcast yet. So well, let's I'm see if he can be a regular. <laughs> yeah, when he has something that's going on, we're going to have to invite him back. <laughs> right. uh, and we invite you back because for our next segment, we will be geeking out with this episode's guest geek, Tom Arnold, the new star of Saving Flora. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something. And, of course, I am Ms. Shannon. Jayton Satia is back with us. Hey, hey. Jayton, thank you so much for doing the Twin Cities Film Fest every year, because thanks to you, we have an amazing guest that's going to talk to us right now. We have a special guest geek this week, actor, comedian, extraordinaire Tom Arnold. Good morning, Tom. Hi. Hi. Can I lead back? Is that yes, okay? Yes, you can okay. lead back. Yes. Oh, Get comfortable, because normally, Tom, we are broadcasting from what we call the Twin Cities Film Fest studio. So we set all okay. of our stuff there. Right now, we are in our lounge here, so you are actually more comfortably seated than we normally get to provide oh, for geez. our guests. So I hope that that's Thank you. working normal, out. Our normal guests sit on the floor. Right. <laughs> right. That'd be okay. <laughs> so if you need more pillows, yeah, if you well, need more pillows or anything, let us know. We'd be happy to help right you here. out. I'm okay. Right here. Okay. There it is. Well, it's, it's what time? It's in the morning, right? It is the morning. Yeah, it's like we've 10, been running 17. around. It's like 10 uh, o'clock. This, but you've been up for a while. You've been yeah, I, yeah, that's good. I got it late last night. And it's in the morning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good time for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to fit in with the schedule when you were already busy, so thank you very much for stopping through and seeing us, Tom. It's an honor. Thank you for, for having this. So right now you are primarily talking about Saving Flora, and if people are not familiar with it, I do have a little bit of the trailer. So How could they be familiar with it? Well, because there is a website. So Oh, there is? Yes. And oh, I have <laughs> to check that out. <laughs> but we are having the U.S. premiere tonight at the yes. festival. Is that true? Yes, yeah. the U.S. premiere. Oh, my God. Not the world, the U.S. Okay. All, All right, right, let's, let's listen to the trailer. Yeah. Come on, Flora. You can't walk an elephant around the neighborhood. They don't curl up at the foot of your bed. Flora the elephant has just performed her most amazing stunt. Flora snuck out of her tent accompanied by 14-year-old Don Jacobs. Aren't you going to ask me why I'm traveling with an elephant? Isn't she spectacular? Where's the elephant? It's an elephant marauding through the desert, threatening persons and property. <laughs> You're really underestimating her. My dad says the circus is a city with all this... 
Well, Tom, so we have this movie, Saving okay. Flora, which is... Uh, is that it? Is that... We're gonna okay. That was the whole, the whole movie. That is okay. pretty much. We get to the <laughs> end where we have in it, because we have Jenny Ortega in it, David Arquette, yes. of course, yes. you. You play Runyon, who's kind of the heel in this one. Well, I've tried to kill one. the elephant. That's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's... And you are aggressively on the hunt for this elephant that yes, everybody else seems to want to Yes, because I want a trophy. Save. I want a head, an <laughs> elephant head. I mean, it's a sweet movie uh, that Jenny Ortega is a sweet girl. She's uh, She made me a hero in my home. I have a, a five-and-a-half-year-old son and a, a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter who are a year younger even when we filmed it last summer. And she is on uh, two Disney shows. Right. Right. One is an animated show called Elena... Queen of Avatar or mm-hmm. something. Avalar. Avalar. Okay. Yep. Yep. And, yep. and she's on something, Malcolm in the Middle or Maria in the Middle or something in the Middle. <laughs> something exactly. in the Middle. And so she made some video. We were messing around it between takes and she made some videos for my son. And he loved, like, you know, he and has. And he's the five year old, Tom? Yes. Okay. He was four and a half last summer. And he has seen, there's been a lot of people that he's seen with me. Uh, that are super famous and not impressed, but this is this. this was we can both the, relate because yeah. I have a ten year old and Jaden. How old's your son? I have a four year old. Right, yeah. and they never care. They don't think we're cool at all. We're just right. the people that don't give right. them cookies, you know. And then you meet right. somebody that they actually care about, right. and you're like, wait, and like, don't they think you have a cool job? And right. isn't it weird to explain? Our kids don't think we're cool. Right, not no. at all. <laughs> and, but it was very. She's very sweet. She's very good in the movie. She plays David Arquette. David Arquette owns the circus. He's a good guy, David Arquette. He's a really yes. good guy. And then the the elephant is uh, up in age, and that happens. You know, I grew up on a farm, and you care about the health, you know, the well-being of the animal. And so David decides he's got to get that animal out of the circus, take it off the train, put it somewhere. Right. You know, it's got arthritis. Sometimes you got to put the animal down for its own well-being. Right. right. She decides, oh, no, <laughs> I'm taking that far away. By the way, these animals cost a lot to feed. I bet. That is a fact. Yes. <laughs> he can't afford it. Dad can't afford it. <laughs> she decides to steal the animal and gets social media, her friends uh, uh, all over the country. They hire me to, to, to uh, take the animal, to sedate the animal. But I've decided, oh, no, I'm going to kill oh, the animal. Oh, you're a rogue on top I of a rogue. A, I'm going to Don Jr. the animal <laughs> and, uh, and take and put its head on my wall because I've got all these other heads. And so it's a race against time, and, you know. Because once it gets to the conservatory, you have no access to the elephant. Well, you know, the thing is, and, and the thing is, for me personally, you know, the Trump administration has, has made it uh, legal to bring ivory into the country right, again, which right, is right. like saying, hey, it's open season on these animals. Right. Right. So, so, you know, I have these little kids. So, you know, whatever I could do as a father, too, what, you know, because it's their world. There isn't going to be elephants when my kids get older. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's. You know, it's you know I'm not a crazy liberal that thinks you can't hunt or anything, but do we need to hunt elephants? What is wrong with me? Are you right. kind of at that point now? Where you're like, do we have to hunt everything? Well, you know, I, I'm also a farmer, mm-hmm. and if you if you know anything, you know, there's a certain point when you where you, you get your your crops get overrun with. Uh, you know, we could have this conversation about deer and or being giant rats, but you know, I there's a certain point, and I and I have to respect that. But you know, uh, you you better if you're hunting something, you better be eating it, right? Right. No, you know, absolutely. Eating, you know, and, and, and you know, with our we have a wealth of abundance in this uh, society that we live in, and you better be eating it, right? You better be. And you an know, abundance of waste too. I mean, we that, waste everything. Yes. So and also. 
you know, uh, I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, I did a movie called True Lies, one of my f- first movies, and the people that, you know, uh, I'm grateful that I saw Jim Cameron last week, the director, mm-hmm. and he and his wife Susie Amos is also right. the, the actress, and she she has a book that came out last week, and we celebrated that, and she has a school, and, and the, the 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 conceit behind the book is a. Uh, uh, OMD, one meal a day. And basically, you know, she grew up in Oklahoma on a farm, like I grew up in Iowa on a farm. And, and, and the ranchers there, you would never, she has a school based on this too. If you stop eating meat one meal a day, that's 200,000 gallons of water you save a day because, you know, uh, because livestock, that's how much it takes to, right. you know, so just change your thinking a little bit. Don't go, oh, I'm never eating meat again. She doesn't, and Jim doesn't anymore, but I can't get my head around that. It was big thing. But if you, the <laughs> right. way you save and raising livestock, I've got it. I had a 2,500 acre cattle farm. The, what the livestock puts in the ozone compared to cars. Right. That's what, you know, so just getting your head around the future for your children. That's what, you know, because it's their planet. You know, I've been here almost 60 years, and I've, I've got so much out of my country and my planet. You know, but I'm not arrogant enough to think, oh, I got to keep getting more. Like a lot of people that are in, in charge of things now, like I just got to take it because that's all that matters is me. I don't think like that because mm-hmm. I got these kids looking me in the eyeball every day. So, well, Tom, is that what the transition point was for you? Because if we're sitting there like we've talked to on the show, we've talked to food scientists and yeah. some other people that, again, agree with you that they go, maybe you should be closer to the process and understand what's involved in the whole you know, chain before we start making some of these decisions. But were you kind of thinking about some of these things and then you had your kids and went, oh, no, I need to go all in on what the future is going to hold? Well, all you got to do is look your kids in the eyes. Uh, two weeks ago, I, Jeff Bridges has a documentary that's out, too, and I went to see yeah, it. Great. It's, yep. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and you know, you talked you, you talk to him and I talked to him. Well, there's a guy from the University of Minnesota, by the way. I talked to him down there that's a part, big part of Jeff's documentary. Uh, what's his name? But, uh, 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 you know, it is, you know, uh, just having children and looking in their eyes, and, and, and that's enough to, to get on board to to not being uh, so so selfish and realizing, oh, yeah, yeah, there is, yeah, I do have a responsibility. That is my whole, everything I do is about, you know, serving them. And, and so, you know, uh, as far as my, you know, I, I do have a show, uh, The Hunt for the Trump Tapes, and it seems like it's, oh, political, but it's not political. Uh, you know, I, I'm a person that has known Donald Trump for 30 years, and, and, and I have a responsibility to to do what I can for my children. You know, and, and, and if, uh, you know, because I, as a 59-year-old dad with a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and a five-and-a-half-year-old son, I have to, they, they're going to look back, people are going to look back on this time in our history. And they're going to say, what did, what did you do? What did, did you say anything? Because this is a big moment in our country. There are things going on that are, that are dangerous, that are so important. And my kids are going to look back and go, oh, yeah, my dad spoke up. Right. You know, and, that, and that's important. Not just that they say my dad spoke up, that I did speak up. And a lot of people are speaking up because they're, you know, there's a bunch of nonsense going on. And that's just what we do. That's what people do. So we're going to be able to check out the hunt for the yeah, you can check it out. Viceland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Viceland.com. It's all available on demand. You can check out the whole thing. I've seen a couple there, episodes. And there, right. and by the way, there's that, and there's what I do in my real life, and there's what a lot of people do. And there's a lot of good people up here in Minnesota that, you know, that do. And it's not political. You know, that's, you know, I'm not a political person. I just happen to have known 
this guy for 30 years, and I, I know what he's about. I know what he, you know, I, there's a lot of people that have edited out the, the a lot of the, you know, he's incompetent. He's right. incompetent. He's racist. He, I, I know that because I know him. So, right. yeah, a lot of people have edited that out and sold America. My family in Iowa are big Trump supporters because they only saw the guy in The Apprentice. They didn't see what they edited out. And now it's dangerous. So, anyway. What do, you think, what do you think when people are making those decisions? Is it that they just want to feel right so they don't want to back up and go, well, let's really look at who we think he is? What's your opinion Well, I think that? a couple things. They... they they, uh, you know, they made a lot of money okay. with him. He's doing uh, things they want to do. You know, I, I think at first people are like, "We do want a big change." This guy's a big agent of change. Uh, there's also a whole group of people that are just straight up racist that right. he played into, that that believe that you know because of Barack Obama that the 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 best black guy is, is still less than the lowest white man. It's a it's a, it's a but part of the, the American culture that never, that doesn't really get talked about. And then they saw Donald Trump on TV saying, you know what, Barack Obama wasn't even born here. And they're like, right. oh, my God, that's our guy. And they see him on TV. They're like, they, he hits all the dog whistles, and he doesn't back down from it. And nobody calls him out on it. Right. And so they, they're like, that is our guy, and he keeps doing it. And so and all his you know rhetoric is aimed at that thing and he keeps doing it keeps doing it and so there's that portion then there's the money stuff mm-hmm. and so he gets on board and he says i'm going to take all the uh t- take all the 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 barriers off any kind of money stuff so you get the money you can you earn all this money and and i'm going to take the environmental you just open the the floodgates and you can do pollute you can do whatever you want and, and the economy's going to look like it's going so great but it's not going great it's a house of cards because our debt is so high and, and people are just stealing money and stealing money and it looks good but it's not really getting down and it's going to collapse it's going to collapse because there's no uh, there's no uh, barriers there's no protections and he's, just he's all taking you have out to do is look at it. yeah and, and and when he opened the door to allow business to have all these things that take away their taxes. He opened the door wide enough that there are literal white supremacists writing our immigration policy. Literal white supremacists. I'm not kidding. They, you can see who they are. And so now it's a scary thing. And when he says, I only have the best people, he has the worst people in charge of education, the environment, EPA, uh, the interior. These people are grifters. They are thieves. They are criminals. They don't they have any integrity. They're stealing money from us. Or they're very stupid so all the people in the congress right all the senators and all the house like uh, all the republican side uh, they've been in in the establishment for decades right mm-hmm. they they didn't come in just now in the in the trump wave well, how do you how do they how do you account for them still standing up for well what they do they say what they sell, say to themselves is we're beholding to the people that financed our campaign that dark so money. That's where the money comes from. Yeah, the, okay. the Koch brothers and the different people that we're, we need to, we promised them, oh, Supreme Court uh, person or whatever. And, and, and what happens is the, these people have a relationship with the NRA. The NRA says, oh, we love Russia. Trump says, we love Russia. What is it about Russia that you love? Well, their business, they have no business ethics. They're all white. They don't respect women no gay rights uh, and the, the it's polluted they you know what is it about right by the way russia doesn't allow guns on the streets it, right. the nra i don't know why they're so obsessed with it. they don't they're, they're they they don't even allow re- religious freedom so it's it's bs 
But they, it's a crime. It's about crime in government. Government and crime are together in Russia. That's what they want. They're greedy. They're old white guys that are greedy. And it's, and it's you know. So, Tom, what I wonder is when you're g- just sitting there and going, you know, I have a platform. I'm deciding I'm going to make this yes. hunt for the Trump takes on Viceland. What do you say when people are like, you're just an actor. You're just a comedian. Who gives you the right to say anything? I ignore. Well, first of all, <laughs> two things. When, when you start, when you speak out about uh, uh, Donald Trump or any of this stuff, there's two things that have to happen. I know the first person that spoke out in October of, of, of uh, 2016, the the first executive producer of The Apprentice, has said, oh, my God, this guy was so racist and there's the Edward stuff. He only did it for a day. And the reason his name is uh, Bill Pruitt, the reason he shut up is because he got so many death threats. Right. So you ignore the death threats because okay. there are thousands. They threaten your family. They threaten your life. They send people to your house. They, they, you just ignore it. That's what right. I do. I ignore it because it means nothing to me. Because trolls are pervasive. Because, I saw yeah. some of the, when I was just looking up the, vice la- the, yeah. the information, there were tons of trolls already on, like, the yeah. YouTube trailer for yeah, your yeah. series. And yeah, well, they haven't millions. even watched it yet. Yeah, the trolls. Right. They trolled. They Probably right. a lot of them are yeah. here. You ignore them. Okay. There's trolls, and there's worse than trolls. Right. There's people that set up outside of your house. There's people yes. that have satellite so photos of your house. They threaten yeah. your children. Mm-hmm. They threaten. You ignore them. I ignore them because this is that important. That's how they get people to back down. I don't do that. Then they, th- they threaten to sue you. Right. That's what Donald Trump does. That's what Michael Cohen did. I got threatened to sue by them in uh, October of 2016. I ignore that. I ignore that. I have a good lawyer. When I lived in Minneapolis, I had a great lawyer named Ron Meshmesher. He passed oh, away this yes. year. And he told me, as soon as you get to L.A., get a great lawyer. And that's what I did. And I've got the same one. And my lawyer is uh, a guy named Marty Singer. And he knows it, Marty, it, Trump tried to hire Marty Singer for, for him in 2016. And he wouldn't work for him. So I have a lawyer that's worked on all sides of all these things. And so that's probably the best thing I have. And, and, and God bless Ron Meshmesher because he was absolutely right. And, and so as they threaten to sue, they threaten to sue. We, 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 we take it down. We ignore it because they want to th- scare you. They want to bankrupt you. The third thing they do is say, we're going to ruin your credibility. Right. I have no credibility. That's absolutely <laughs> true. So each one of these things, I just keep going. I ignore. There's people, well-intentioned people, liberals that criticize me. I ignore them. I ignore every single one of them. And everything I've done, everybody I've gotten in their face from Roger Stone to uh, Michael Cohen to uh, uh, David Pecker has either flipped or is about to be indicted by the special counsel. Right. And so I know I'm doing it right. Or, or Mark Burnett, who literally assaulted me at a party in front of because he because of what I'm saying about his friend. Donald Trump, who he is trying, who he has been covering up for, so and we saw that story. Closer. That sounded right. absolutely crazy. It I is mean, absolutely some, yeah, crazy. The yeah. fact that you're like, yeah. I have. Where did it get from the point of if you're already saying, okay, I'm Tom Arnold, I don't have any credibility. The mm-hmm. fact that they are so Still heightened that they're willing to yeah, do I mean, that yeah. and come at you. Yeah, that, that that he's willing to risk. He's the CEO of MGM. He's worth six hundred million dollars. He's willing to risk assaulting me in front of all these people. And, and risk everything that comes with that. This company, uh, uh, the billions of dollars. And then his wife is, on top of that, right. willing to say and tweet a fake bruise on her head and say he attacked us for this show. And the reason it's worth it to me is because women, Miss North Carolina, who Trump harassed, sexually harassed, and walked in on it, shamed and threatened to sue. And Sarah Sanders said she was a liar for the White House podium. 
she came forward on my show. And, and where she lives in North Carolina, because of what Trump said, she gets harassed all the time. Right. So I will do it for her and the Miss Universe people and the other people that came forward for The Apprentice who are don't have a name. And they're right. brave. They're the bravest people of all. And nobody thinks about them. So, yeah, I, I, it is worth it. When, when, uh, what's her name? Touched by an angel. Robert Downey said, oh, is it worth it? You're damn right it's worth it. Because we are going to win. He will resign. Because he is. He did commit treason. Do you think he really wanted to win? Uh, probably not. Okay. He just wants to. He wants to make money. Right. And he always wants to make money. It's always about him. If I had a son or daughter in the military, I'd be scared. Right. He does not care about them. He can't. He's incapable of caring. He's also incompetent. I do have a tape from the Apprentice Trump Tower session, and he, he takes business meetings in the middle of the day while they're shooting the Apprentice, and you just tell how incompetent he is. He does not know what he's doing. He's never run a business successfully. If he cashed out today, he would be bankrupt. Wow. That's why you, you don't see his taxes. Okay. He's going to bankrupt our country along with everything else. Morally, obviously, he doesn't care about people. He's never visited a war zone, ever, ever. He wants the war to come to him. He doesn't care. I don't know what people don't get about this. He cares about himself. He lies all the time. He is a fascist. So you said you think he's going to resign. Yeah, he'll resign. He'll, the, the, the evidence against him will become so overwhelming. This Saudi Arabia thing yeah. is going is to be the worst thing for him because now people who have been sucking up to him, like uh, Lindsey Graham and these other people, Rod Paul, are taking the other side hard. And probably Saudi Arabia is what's going to take him down. Jared Kushner is so guilty in this, has so much money in this. It, it, it probably won't be Russia. It's going right. to be Saudi Arabia. It's going to the evidence, because he, once he gets cornered, because he is such a coward and a pl- he will say, oh, you know what? I've been the best president ever in two and a half years. I, I, on my terms, I'm just resigning. I'm a victim because he's been a victim. Nobody, he, he's the worst winner in the history of the world. <laughs> right. That's unacceptable. Yeah. He Every day gets to these rallies and blames Obama and Hillary, and he won. At what point does even his base go, yeah, come on, dude, you won. Like, just stop. Right. Yeah. I think it's just fascinating. And I appreciate that you're so outspoken about this and so passionate about well, it. Well, that's and what I, I would do. And I, I don't do I don't tell anybody, hey, you got to support me. I don't about that guy. People could do whatever they want to do. I'm going to continue to do this until he resides. And, uh, were were well, politics kind of a big part of your life before this, too? Or have no, you, I mean, no, not, not, not that we're talking about not politics, but like these causes. Have you always kind of work towards bettering the world around you well i mean you work everybody you know uh you know uh, uh you know i i do individual i have a heart cap for kids uh uh, uh and you grew up in iowa so if people didn't know you were born in iowa yeah i was born in iowa a uh, tumble which town. i've been through yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah yeah you know politically you know i was coincidentally at al gore's house the vice president's residence uh, i was in washington dc and they said hey come over and Tipper is cooking breakfast for people, and there was about 10 of us there. And, and then Al says, I got to go upstairs and make a speech. And he went upstairs and, and made the speech where he conceded the 2000 election. And then he came back downstairs and ate breakfast. I was like, oh my God, this is a historic moment. And that was the most gracious thing I have ever seen in my life. And he didn't make a big deal of it. He said, for the betterment of the country, I'm conceding this election. I was in his house wow. and his family. You know, you don't see that now. But on the other hand, 
many years ago, my ex-wife sang the national anthem at a baseball game, and right. and I was, you know, and I always I always tell people I go. You know, and, and, and people are telling her, you got to sing. And I was like, oh, my God, you don't have to sing. Like, <laughs> you know, you're a great singer. And I, I said to her, oh, you know, because people always say you're great. They're, they always, and I was like, oh, no, 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 that's hard song. And I said, uh, I go, yeah, just do me one favor. Don't don't sing it at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> sing it in San Diego where no one will ever hear about it. And so we go down to San Diego and. And uh, she was singing it, and it was not going well, okay? <laughs> and uh, I was supposed to throw out the first pitch after she sang it. And, and uh, the guy comes up with the ball. He's like, hey, buddy, you probably won't get the fuck out of here, man. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but, but I'll tell you what. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out the first pitch because I know there will be a lot of baseball stadiums all around there. <laughs> so if you watch the video, you can see me get my fat ass out there and throw out the first pitch. And you then, didn't dirt it. You yeah, didn't no, dirt I didn't. It. No. And then I got the hell out of there because I was like, oh, my God. I, got, this, I just got to get her saved. It's over. You know, we get to the plane. It's like a 20-minute flight to LAX. And I was like, oh, thank God. The crisis averted. <laughs> Woo. That was a close call. And I look over, and she's, like, weeping. I'm like, Aww. oh, my God, what is wrong? And she goes, oh, my God, it's so terrible. I was like, oh, no. She goes, they were booing. I go, yeah, booing, though. That's the sign of endearment in baseball. You've never been to a game. <laughs> anyway, I talk her into thinking it went well. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, thank God that. Okay, just don't do it again. I was like, oh, everything is fine, you know. But the President of the United States, George H.W. Bush, had been watching the game for the White House, and he told his friends, and the press was there, that is a disgrace to America. <laughs> so by the time we got to LAX, there's 100 reporters waiting for us. Wow. And, they, and as we're going through there, they're, they're, like, they're like, oh, my God, make a comment. And they're trying to incite her, uh, and that yeah. wasn't that hard. And three of them were bumping up on her with a – old metal cameras and, 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 and assaulting her and at one point she turns to me and says get him honey and, 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 I, and I always say you know when your wife says get him honey you don't go well did she sing bad and she goes, you, you get <laughs> no, him honey you so, act on right. it. so I chase it through LAX down the escalator <laughs> in Antigone I break, I break their cameras give them a couple extra things and, uh, and, and then I see this moment of Camelot in every marriage, every husband lives for. My wife comes down the escalator and she's like, "Oh my God, you're my hero!" <laughs> and, uh, but unfortunately, this you can Google this. There, there was a fourth photographer down there, and he videotaped me fuck railing on these guys. <laughs> yeah. So I got arrested Aww. for assault at LAX. But I knew, I knew that it would be okay because. Yeah, I wouldn't go to jail or a log because my they insulted my wife and she'd yeah. be a great right, right, witness. Right, right, right. So we get to court. The same lawyer had this note. Oh, by the way, I mentioned my ex-wife had twenty-seven different personalities. It's not, I'm not making fun of her. I'm not making fun of her. You're she's just been telling very, us about her. She's been yeah, yeah, yeah. very open about her multiple personality disorder. Very brave. And so, and only two of them like me. That's not a joke. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm not so we get to court, and they put Roseanne on the stand, and they said, "Roseanne, uh, tell the jury exactly what happened at the airport." She's like. I wasn't at the airport. And anyway, oh, so wow. so I but you Google this. Every Friday at, at five I checked into the jail and, and for three months I put an orange jumpsuit on and I was on the side of four oh five freeway picking up like McDonald's wrappers with like a, the hillside straggler. Do a community like yes. service, yeah. And it was the best three months of our marriage. But <laughs> Then I went on Johnny Carson right after that. Johnny Carson in the day was everything, man. It was yes. one right. talk show. The Mecca. And I was doing some, what I thought were jokes, but they were mean. I was getting oh. back at George H.W., the president, about making fun of my wife. And they were mean. And the next morning, I saw Maria Schreiber. And she was Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. And he was George uh, Senior's fitness guy. They used to have a fitness guy. And Maria Schreiber, I saw. And she's like, yeah, I saw you had Carson talking about the president. That was pretty rough. I go, well, <laughs> you know, he doesn't watch Carson. And she goes, <laughs> I bet he does. I go, really? <laughs> well, 
he doesn't care what I say. She goes, I, oh, bet, yeah. I bet he does. I'm like, oh, do you have his address? She goes, <laughs> yes. So she handed me a pad of paper, and I wrote, Dear Mr. President, I know you're a public figure, but uh, my jokes were mean. I went over the line. I just want to apologize. And she snatches that away from me. And 48 hours later, I have this on my wall now. I got a handwritten letter from the President of the United States that said, Dear Tom, Jerry Weintraub says you're a nice guy. He's the only other Jew we do in Hollywood. I'm sure. <laughs> Would you join Barbara and I for dinner this Saturday night in Las Vegas? And from that moment on, that's shit. I didn't say a bad word about wow. that, that President Bush or George or w. w. Bush, even during the war. I would say, you know what? The Bush family are class. Cheney and Rumsfeld are fucking assholes. But that, so that's how my politics is. Wow. Can you believe you did how nice wow. is that? That's cool. So you're really willing to do person by person and go, look, yeah. you know, okay, yeah. maybe I don't agree with everything that you say. Yeah, I'll but figure. But I'll I think figure you're out a stand-up dude. But I'll figure out a way to yeah, Cheney and Rumsfeld. So we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna just. We ask this question to everybody because our show is called BR Geek. If you were to say you geek out about something, so let's just say it has to do with film or not industry, not like what do you like? Sports. What's your wife? Sports. Sports. Great. Yeah, you know I was here in 1987. The oh, fucking yeah. twins, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. This town. You guys. I don't know how old you are. Mm-hmm. Man, 87. Man, this town just closed down. Uh-huh. I mean, Paul Majors. He's out. You don't remember yep, Paul Majors? Yep, right. yep. I'm still buddies with him out in L.A. Man, uh, Paul Majors was. Uh, uh, you know, his, his channel didn't have the game, and he went like this at the end of his newscast. I know you're not going to watch our our network tonight, but come back at the end of the game. I mean, people just gave up because they knew the twins. That was such a big deal. And I moved the next year because I was like, what the hell? The Dodgers won in 88. But, oh, my gosh, that was just yeah, the city. No, I understand. So we both, Jaden and I have both been here long enough, and I used to work for a radio station where we actually played the twins. So that, that love-hate relationship has yeah. not changed. Like, people are still wounded too. from 87. Well, 91, I grew up in Mississippi, so I used to be a Braves fan. I'm still a Braves fan. So 91 yeah, I'm sorry. was heartbreaking for me yeah, on the yeah. opposite side. Yeah. But, I, but I live here now. I love the twins. Yeah. Well, you need a, we need a Vikings sake. This year could yeah. be the year. We They're do. looking awful good this year. How long did you live here? I lived here five years, 83 to 88. Got it. It was a great time. Great tribe musically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I lived uh, across the street from the CC Tap. Yeah. I, I wonder if I'm still oh 86 from there. I got yeah. 86 from there several times. <laughs> and I think 32 <laughs> years ago was the last time. Oh, my God. You had Such some, fun. A lot of that guard that you hang out with, because I hang out in the, the comedy scene, a lot of that guard, there's still some of them are still around. Oh, yeah. Who's that? Who's that? Yeah, so I just I saw Louis Anderson, and I saw... Yeah, it's actually um, Louis. Yes, yeah, so I, I saw Louis, and I just that, saw... Yeah, I saw him right after I got in the fight with Mark Burnett. I oh, saw Louis. He was did standing you over really? There. Yeah. Okay. And you know who called me? Who? Joel Hodgson. Really? Well, the, like, nobody wants to talk to me, but goddamn Joel Hodgson, who I love <laughs> so much. Joel Hodgson was my inspiration. Aww. Joel Hodgson, when I was at University of Iowa, he came down to perform there, and he, and he ended up, I, I opened up for him, and he was so amazing and so different. He stayed at my house where I, where I lived in college, and he was so different. He said, you know, you got to be different. you got to be, but he's been an inspiration as a human being and as a comic, and after that, the fight with Mark Van, like nobody, everybody, nobody knew what to think. Nobody was they talking turned, to me. And Joel Hodgson were they all blaming you for it? Just saying. It well, they're, they're like, was it set up? And like nobody, because of the Trump stuff. Even people that are anti-Trump, they're nervous because I'm so. They're like, oh my gosh, that we got to do business or we got to do whatever. 
But uh, Joel Hodgson and Jerry Miller called me and gave me a little pep talk that day. And it was very cool because, you know, uh, Joel Hodgson is, uh, you know, his ethics are, are strong. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a very cool guy. So, yeah, Louis, Louis, I see. He would be Louis would not be good to fight. Uh, <laughs> no. I think one of the first things I did when I moved here, I know one of the first things. Louis was getting ready to, to move, and I was very drunk and very. I had to make amends to Louis. I put him in a headlock, scared the hell out of him. But that was a, I was a crazy person. But I do see a lot of people. So was uh, Bill Bauer. Yeah, was he oh, still hanging out there? Bauer. So I was at his funeral when Bill he passed. Was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love Bill Bauer. Spent a lot of time with, with Wild Bill. Uh, and he worked, came out, worked for me, and did mm-hmm. shows for me, and wrote stuff for me. And I still see his son very often. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see Patrick often. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Good boy, good boy. Joel, Joel Madison uh, still work, does stuff with me, and a lot of people. Uh, Paul Betts, I hear from Paul Betts a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, the suburbs are still playing here. Here, yes. You know, I keep track of those guys. There's a lot of people. But I'll tell you, get the CC tap. Now here's how it went. You know, going there. First of all. You know, this is when the, the replacements and a lot of bands were coming up, and, and, and they and they enjoyed comedy, and we certainly enjoyed music. And Steve McClellan, you know, I worked at First Avenue, and then mm-hmm. I, we would party, and then I would go wrestle him after hours <laughs> in his office. And uh, it was a great life. And uh, Like then, college wrestle? Like you were like yeah, a yeah, WWE? Yeah, 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 like Iowa. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He was tough. He's a, he had low center of gravity. He was a tough dude. He was a great guy. I, For some reason, he liked me, and I loved him. And I'll tell you what. His, Steve McClellan's, uh, you know, his vision and, his, and what he brought to this town musically, and he was smart to... To, to have people like Sue McLean and these, these right. visionaries, right, right. too, around him. And, uh, uh, you know, Sue McLean was also very important to to my life. And mm-hmm. we also uh, dated, and, uh, and I know Sue McLean passed away. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I have some fun Sue McLean stories. But anyway, uh, in case... I, I was going to say in case her family is listening, but then I would be, but then I don't want to be inappropriate. But I love right. Sue McLean. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but uh, no, she was uh, she was a, a person that I admired and spent uh, time with. So anyway, uh, but no, th- that First Avenue thing and, and Steve McClellan was the, the, at the top of it, and so so many great things uh, went through there. But anyway, and the wrestling. So I, I am very blessed to be a part of that. And Prince, I got to go out to. To pay to Paisley Park, I played basketball. I got to see how funny he was, right. and uh, you know, generally be a part of that whole. That just to be a, a dumbass and be a part <laughs> of the of this great city to be kicked out of the <laughs> kicked out <laughs> of that. You've been kicked CC. out of some of the best places. I was yeah. going to say that's places. a badge of honor. And then honestly, yeah. when you know, Tom, honestly, when we're preparing for our podcast, we'll go through like the Wikipedia pages. Right, we'll right, go right. through the IMD pages. You've been in so many things that I would have like a ream of paper right. if I listed all of the things that you've had a chance to be a part of. So right. is there anything like other than like true lies? Because I'm sure everybody brings it up. Right. Is there anything else that you're like, I really dig the fact that I was in this? David Carr's book, Night of the God. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I recommend that. David Carr was a, a guy that that I admired. That was from here. He's my good friend, uh, and he was a journalist. But he started out uh, he, from here. He was very proud of me from from here. Uh, I think he was from Hopkins and, and uh, worked his way up to the New York Times. At the end of his life, very proud of me from here. And he wrote a book, Night of the Gun, and and uh, now his his family is doing amazing things. Uh, Although in the book I look like an ass, I was, but uh, but no, we had a lot of. It, it gives you an idea of kind of what it was like back in those days here. Um, I, I mean, I've done, you know, 
uh, nothing makes me prouder than than the father that I am. Because yeah. this is like people say, "Oh, I wish I was a father so I could just hang with my kids." That, and I know I used to say that, and and, and every day I go, "Oh, I actually meant that," because <laughs> I'm so full of shit about yeah. things. And this thing, "Oh, I meant that." Like that yeah. is really who thing, I am. Yeah. Like I really am meant to do this, mm-hmm. and I really am good at this, and it does. You know, because I'm always like, well, if this could happen, then it is. This is one thing that it, that really, yeah, it's it's. this is what I meant to do. Well, you're yeah. out there talking about saving floor right now. We can yeah, also yeah. check out your series, Hunt for the uh, the Trump Tapes yes. check on Viceland. Yep. Viceland.com, uh, iTunes or whatever, on demand. You can watch them all. Your kids are at that like, in-between age. I know this is like, you know, Jake and I are both you know, at that I kind of throttled back on some of my projects and things because my kid, as he was getting into this kind of you know preteen age, I'm right. like, time is short. Let me just make sure I'm around that's more. Right. Are you going to kind of throttle back on? Well, things I take a little him to school every day. I, I, I oh, that's awesome. to bed yeah. every night. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, the, the people are like, you'll never work it, but because of the show, yeah, you know, I don't have a job after this because mm-hmm. people are nervous and and uh, you know, I do stand up uh, go this weekend to the East Coast and people are sort of nervous. My stand up isn't political, but. I don't know what the future brings. I genuinely don't. But, but you know, it, it, may, it may very well bring lots of time with my kids and, and downsizing my life, which is what I've been doing. And that's okay with me. It genuinely, because I've had a huge life before. And I've had a lot of things. And my kids don't give a shit. Yeah. Right. I mean, they genuinely right. don't right. care about the stuff. They just want you. They, they just want to I mean, hang out with kids, you. I mean, these kids, they, when my son was born, I was 54, my, my friend's like, hey, let your wife do everything until he's seven, then he'll be fun. And I said, I don't know where I'll be when he's seven. Right. Right. So from right. day one with both of my kids, I change every diaper I can. I, I talk to them from day one I, because it, it is my, if somebody wants a recommendation, I'd say it's money in the bank. Every moment is money in the bank of these kids because they remember every moment. You think they're asleep. You don't think you think they're not paying attention. You think they're too young to notice. It is they notice. They remember. I can just tell by our the relationship I have with my kids. It's important. It's the only thing that matters. So that's that's all. Well, I have they're to lucky say. to have a dad like you, then. Well, they're lucky. I am lucky to have them. I am so. I mean, it is every dream come true. It is. Uh, I'm just so blessed that I am here to get it that's <laughs> awesome. well we appreciate you being on yeah. be our geek we also look forward to seeing tonight on the red carpet here at the twin cities film oh, fest God. as we do the u.s premiere of saving flora it's my son's coming to watch him my son who's four he's going to come he's going to oh good good well that'll be yes. fun that's yeah. fun so we're excited that you're here and we thank Thanks, you for guys. taking some time out of your day thank to you see us. thank you Make sure you check out The Hunt for the Trump Tapes with Tom Arnold. Also, make sure you check us out. You can find us very easily online, right, Jayton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can go to Twin Cities Film Fest. This was Fest. so much fun. <laughs> no, it was so perfect. Thank you very much for finding him for us, Jayton. Of course. Mm-hmm. He found us. <laughs> so you can go to TwinCitiesFilmFest.org to find out more about what was going on at the festival. And you can find our podcast, Be Our Geek MN, on Instagram. You can also find Be Our Geek on Facebook and Twitter. And if you love us, make sure you tell everybody, rate us like us make sure you send us anything that you are geeking out about and it might end up on a a next episode so again thank you for joining us for be our geek where everyone is a geek about something to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, 
my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.